Welcome to the Keeping It Israel podcast with Jeff Feuders, where Jeff and his guests talk everything Israel as it relates to Christian faith and the church. If you are a Christian and you stand with Israel, you will be encouraged and challenged by this podcast. And if you're not so sure about the whole Israel thing, you need to learn how your faith connects with Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's Jeff with today's guest. Hey, my name is Jeff and I am your host today for the Keeping It Israel podcast. My guest today is Victor Kalisher, the General Director of the Bible Society in Israel. And we're going to chat with Victor a little bit about his testimony, about the work that he does and why it is so important for the Messianic body, for the believers in the land of Israel. So thanks for tuning in and uh, let's go to my conversation with Victor Kalisher. Well, welcome to the podcast today, and uh, great to have you with us. My guest today is uh, coming to us all the way from Jerusalem, from, I think, Yad Hashmanah, just outside of Jerusalem, and uh, his name is Victor Kalisher. Victor, welcome to the podcast. Shalom, Jeff, and thank you so much for inviting me. It is a pleasure. Well, we appreciate having you on. And um, you are the director of the Bible Society in Israel. Is that the right title? Yeah, that's the right title. I manage the uh, Bible Society in Israel uh, already for the last 12 years. And whenever I say it, I feel like, you know, how can it be that it's already like that? But yes. 12 years. Wow. I uh, actually, today, I think I'm celebrating four years at First Century Foundations, which is also kind of hard for me to believe. But uh, here we are. Here we are. Uh, Victor, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your sort of journey to, to get to this point? Uh, have you always lived in Israel? How did you come to know Yeshua? Give us just a little snapshot of Victor Kalisher. Okay, so I have to actually start with my parents in this case. Because, um, you know, my parents, they came to Israel following the establishment of the state of Israel. My father is a Holocaust survivor from uh, Warsaw, from Poland. Mm -hmm. And uh, the war started when he was 11 years old. Um, being a Jew, you know, his parents were taken to uh, the, the ghetto. Uh, his mother put him in an orphanage house. Uh, before everything uh, started to get worse to save him and uh, basically I, I mean he managed to survive uh, and God just uh, kept him again and again and again you know just God just put his angels around him and he survived and no one else from his family did but he survived mm. really miraculously and he came to Israel before, in 1947, uh, just uh, into another war. And uh, he fought in the Independence War that started already in 1947. And uh, towards the end of the war, he actually found uh, the Lord. He was uh, saved by receiving a Bible. He was in Tel Aviv in an after duty. And... Uh, he thought that he'll have some things to do, that Tel Aviv is the city where there are coffee places and so on. So he was sure that he's going to have a nice evening. But when he went there, everything was closed, hardly any people outside, mm. because it still was kind of wartime. 
So he found a bench, he was sitting there and very frustrated that there's nothing to do. And, you know, for a soldier to have an after-duty, it's not something that you get so easy. Definitely not in a time like that. And he was uh, feeling uh, sorry for himself. But then a lady came and uh, uh, told him, look, I have a book for you. And he told her, don't you have something smaller for me? Because it really looked like a big one. Mm. And she said, uh, no, uh, you can have it, but you don't have to read all at once. You can read it slowly, slowly. And when he opened it, it opened in Psalm 27. Uh, uh, and then in verse uh, 10, I think it said, when, when thy father and mother forsake you, I will gather you. And this verse really touched his uh, heart, penetrated his heart. And he felt uh, drawn to read this book more and more. And he came to faith. Uh, in this way. My mother is an Iranian Jew and she came to Israel uh, immediately following the war because what happened is that after the war the Arab world felt very humiliated and uh, they felt like that their pride was hit because how can it be that such a small country without any army, not even a state yet, uh, against, uh, you know, several uh, Arab countries that came together to fight against Israel. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and they were, they thought that, you know, it's a matter of 10 days, two weeks, and that's it. They will throw the Jews to the sea. But it didn't happen. So they started taking revenge in the countries where Jews lived in, in Arab countries. So in this case, my mother, you know, being a Jew in uh, Iran, uh, it became very dangerous, so the parents decided to send her to Israel alone. She was 14. In these countries, when you're 14, it's like, you know, you're a, a woman ready to get married and everything. So mm. they were concerned for her. So they sent her alone, and she came to Israel. But she remembered, even at that age, she was just 14, all alone, that uh, her grandfather, whenever he held her, he told her on the ear, he told her, don't forget that Jesus is the Messiah of the Jews. And he used to say it quietly. Now, they were, of course, Jewish. Her father was very known in the, in the uh, uh, community, Orthodox, and so on. But he used to tell her that. So when she came to Israel, after a while, after a few years, she met my father. They lived uh, one next to each other. So this is really uh, from the Lord. I mean, things like that doesn't happen yeah, just like that. Wow. And uh, so I really feel that God did so much so that I will be born in a believing family. My, uh, my family was one of the first Messianic uh, families, believers, Jewish believers, followers of Christ. One of the first ones in, in Israel, uh, you know, after, after Jesus. Hmm. You know, uh, it, it, it's really like that, because there were hardly any, any believers uh, before that, really, none. You could count them on one hand. Wow. So this is really uh, something that I consider the God's grace, really special. I, I really feel that God saves my father in the Holocaust so that I will be born to a believing family, and he saved my mother and her families. You know, and this is going back generations. You read the Bible and you read about the exile to Babylon and so on. And these Jews, in the case of my mother, were the Jews that left afterwards. And they were still kept their uh, Jewish traditions and faith and everything. 
And, and here now God brings them back to the land just as he promised. So uh, for us here as believers, uh, it is living the, the Bible, it is seeing how the promises and the prophecies uh, do come true. It is not wow. just, well, I live in Israel and that's all. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really special. So uh, I grew up in a believing family, but of course we say that uh, God doesn't have grandchildren. So I received, I, I, uh, you know, I grew up and I don't remember myself not a believer, but I knew that it is something that you have to do your own, of course, uh, commitment and, and give your life to the Lord, which I did at the age of 13 that I uh, committed my life uh, to the Lord. But something that has to do with Bible society, and I'll, therefore I will say it here, is that uh, at a younger age, I think like at the age of 11, I had a dream. And uh, in this dream, there were two angelic images that are handing me the Bible. And it was really a, um, like a fight. There was a fire and uh, they told me, if you don't take it, you will die. And uh, I, I was really fighting in this uh, um, uh, dream. And then at the end, I took the Bible and I was saved. And these dreams wow. stayed with me all, the, all my life. I knew that this is not just another dream. You know, you dream all kinds of things and you forget them the, the next morning, in the morning when you wake up. These ones stayed with me all my life. And I knew that God wants me to serve him. Anyways, I uh, did my studies. I studied electronics uh, in Israel, and then I joined the Israeli Navy. I was a naval officer. I was serving uh, on a missile uh, ship, and I was an electronic warfare officer. I did a six-year ser uh, uh, service there because I was uh, an officer uh, on, on, on a ship. And then uh, I joined uh, Intel, the uh, computers company. I, and I worked there for 18 years, but I always knew that God wants me to serve him. Between that, during my time in I also became an elder of the Israeli Messianic Congregation in Jerusalem, which is the, the first uh, official Messianic Congregation in Israel, and, and one of the very early ones. And um, so I, I knew that God wants me to serve him. I didn't know what, and I was praying, God, show me. And God showed in a miraculous way. I, I don't want to take too much time only in that, but God really showed it in a, in, in a miraculous way. And he brought me to the Bible Society. And when I knew that and I asked God to give me signs, sorry for some people, maybe it's like, wow, well, how can you do that? But I really asked with an Israeli chutzpah, two signs from God. One to show me that it has to do with this dream. And the other one, we, were, uh, we had the three girls. It was not easy for us to get children. But we were praying for another one, for a fourth one. And my wife said, well, if we have a fourth one, I know that this is really a sign that you should also leave Intel because it's, it's a career type of work and so on. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and God answered, gave these two signs regarding the, the dream because the only person that knew about it was a Dutch person that already passed away. And then uh, a friend of him that didn't know me, but knew this guy came to Israel, contacted me and said, I'd like to uh, meet you. Now he was the only one that knew about that dream because I didn't tell it to anyone else. And uh, he came just uh, the day before I had to give my uh, boss at Intel my decision whether I continue or not. 
and he asked me about he told me I, uh, this guy told me that you had a dream when you were a child do you mind sharing it with me and this was just before I had to give an answer and he's not even living in Israel he came for a visit so God answered in a miraculous way and then uh, uh, for 10 years we didn't have a child when we were we were praying for that and God also gave a child so we have a 12 and a half year old daughter and uh, and uh, and and that's it so uh, I'll stop here but but yes, I was, uh, I really uh, received so, so, such a peace. And I, and I left my uh, uh, job, which, which I loved. I mean, I loved working at Intel and enjoyed it very much. But I knew that God wants me and uh, that's his calling. And I left, I didn't look back one day, really. I didn't look back, I didn't mm. regret it. Sometimes people ask me, do you regret it? Do you miss Intel? I loved it, but I know that I am where God wants me and I, I didn't look back and the truth, Jeff, I don't have time to do that. I'm so busy. There is so much <laughs> to do. You are very busy. Uh, wow. What an incredible story. And uh, Victor, one of the reasons uh, I love and respect you so much is that you are the dad of four girls. Not very many men uh, could, could do that. And uh, I think that that's amazing. But I want to just pick up a couple of things that you said there. You said that um, the very first encounter that your father had with faith was because somebody gave him a Bible. What an amazing, uh, what an amazing sort of turn of events that God would bring you uh, to this point in your life where you're working and leading the Bible Society in Israel. That's just, that is like phenomenal to me. It's, Jeff, it's more than that, because I remember as a child, my father would always speak with Orthodox Jews. Sometimes he would take us to yeshiva, you know, to the ultra, very ultra-Orthodox uh, yeshivas. And he would go there because he spoke Yiddish and he came from an Orthodox background. He knew their way of life, their way of talking, everything, the nuances, everything. Mm. So he would go there and speak with the yeshiva. One time I remember as a child, we went there. And they realized that we are evangelizing to them in the uh, most ultra-Orthodox, radical yeshiva in Mea Shari, which is a very Orthodox neighborhood in Jerusalem. So they were really starting to, you know, uh, uh, like violence was just about to burst. So my father told me, Victor, run away, we'll meet outside. You know, even things like that. And I thought, you know, growing up, I never thought that I will do that. I thought, no way, I will not be doing things like that. This is really, I mean, he could do that, but I don't know how many other people could do that. And wow. now the funny thing, God is really, you know, he's, he has this sense of humor. I find myself talking with Orthodox Jews, with ultra-Orthodox Jews, again and again and again, that come, you know, and ask questions. Sometimes they come to us, sometimes it's, uh, during uh, different outreach activities that we do. So uh, thank God. And here I am now in the position in which I'm in charge of providing Bibles, of sharing the Word of God. Yeah. So it is really special. That is amazing. And then, you know, I said there was two things. The one was the fact that, that you ended up doing what you're doing when your dad came to faith through a Bible. Uh, the other thing that that just sort of stuck out to me is that you are, you're kind of part of... Uh, uh, messianic 
royalty uh, there in the new nation of Israel. I mean, you you are from one of the very first believing families in uh, in the land. Yeah, it doesn't make you a better believer. It is just God's grace. You know, that's not the point. Exactly. So that's not. I I don't consider that in these uh, in this way. This is really you know God's grace, and it doesn't make me a better believer. I'm just saying that because for 2,000 years there were hardly any believers in Israel, and today, uh, you know, we are. It's the first time today that there are more believers in Israel than in the time of Jesus, maybe, because. Yeah. Uh, Today we have in Israel families, uh, uh, Jewish families, Messianic believers that are already third and fourth generation believers. You know, I was a second generation. My daughters are third generations, but my daughter is not yet married. But other daughters of people like me that are a, a second generation as their generations, now they have children. So you have four generations of full families of mm -hmm. believers in Israel. This is the first time in history since the time of uh, Jesus, because even the time of Jesus, you didn't have third generation believers in Israel. Yeah, no, it's incredible. And, you know, the numbers that I hear, um, and you can maybe sort of confirm, I mean, I've heard anywhere now from 20 upwards of 30,000 uh, believers in Yeshua in the land of Israel. Yeah, this, this is true. These are some surveys that were done and uh, giving us these numbers. That's true. And I would even say that there are about similar numbers of believers that they do believe, but they don't yet in a stage in their faith that they are in a fellowship, a local fellowship and so on, because of different pressures. You know, for a Jew to become a believer, it's not something that they say, okay, now I leave everything. Not right. always. Uh, and I joined the Messianic congregation. It's a lot of uh, tensions and fears and problems that can happen with the family because of that. So, so there are a number of secret believers as well. And um, I, I think yeah. that uh, th that would account for, uh, for another number that uh, maybe we can't even put a finger on at this point, right? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, so Victor, because there are so many believers in the land, um, and we've talked about this many times, but, but tell me, tell us, tell our listeners why it is so important that, um, that the body there receive the, the Bible in modern Hebrew, but also other materials in modern Hebrew. Yeah, because it is a new thing. I mean, think about it that uh, in the in the US or in English you have so many such a variety of materials because you have materials that Was written, you know tens of years ago. It's a development of uh, of a tens of years of, of, of a, a wide number of population of believers mm -hmm. and, You know you have uh, theologians and so on from the 18th century actually from the time of the Reformation and so on and, 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 and on. But in Israel, it's a very new uh, movement. Think about it, that only in 1948, you, you, Jews started to come to Israel really in, in bigger numbers. And then you had just few believers there, very few. So they were not busy in uh, creating resources in Hebrew. They were really busy in keeping their faith, protecting these believers, helping them, sharing the gospel and so on. But it was a very small community. 
you didn't have really ministries working in Hebrew because mm. the people there, the, the leaders of the local body, they were missionaries mostly who came from abroad and were serving in Israel. So they are actually the, the pioneers of the local body in Israel. But so only in the 80s, only in the 80s, I would say that then uh, local uh, ministries really started in the 80s and 90s. So this is relatively very recent. And, uh, and then you need the resources to help the local body grow. And the body here today has uh, children and youth and laymen and uh, pastors and uh, everything. It's in small numbers, but it is everything. So we need resources and materials for, uh, for all of that. Um, for example, you know, we do not have, for example, a large print Bible in Hebrew. If you uh, look for a large print Bible in English, then you'll have, your problem would be, what color do you want? And what design do you want? And you want it, do you want it in pink? Or do you want it uh, for uh, cat lovers or for dog lovers? And I don't know what. Or do you want it with these <laughs> illustrations? You know, we don't have any. You don't That's have right. an option. Yeah. Okay, so just now we are producing that. Or a, a small mini Bible. We don't have it. We have a standard Bible and a compact Bible, but we don't have really a pocket Bible. And it is very important here because, you know, uh, a significant part of the local body in Israel are actually soldiers. In Israel, everyone has to serve in the army. There are a lot of young believers in the army, and they are really sharing their faith in the army, and the army is open for uh, believers and, and know that they are really... Uh, quality per, uh, people, but in the army you cannot be with your, you cannot have your phone, your smartphone, when you are in your position. Mm -hmm. uh, imagine that uh, a soldier serves around Gaza and you know that there is a lot of tensions there all the time. He cannot have his smartphone, you know, during his posts and so on, because it is dangerous. They can listen to you. They can use that against you, you know, today with all the cyber and all the uh, ways in which you can use that. Right. So they are not allowed to. My daughter is not allowed to use her phone when she is in post. And they want, they want to read the Bible. So we need to do a small Bible that they can have in their pocket. And this can also serve for students and it can also serve for outreach and so on. We don't have something like that. This is something very new and, and the first century is helping us to produce these uh, uh, materials. So That's a great connection I wanted to make. Uh, first of all, this connection that your dad was a soldier and he came to faith through a Bible and now today you are working on a pocket Bible that soldiers can use and uh, many of our partners have been able to help with that project i think that's absolutely amazing how's it coming how's the how's the pocket new uh, the pocket bible coming along so so uh, it is on the way it is uh, it was printed but uh, the ship that uh, brings it had to stay i received an email from the shipping company that it has to stay in bay because of a storm so instead of arriving in the end of uh, September, it will arrive right now, they say 11th of October. But it is coming soon. It is coming soon. And uh, God willing, we are looking forward for uh, the print. And then we are soon also looking forward for the large print that is in different, in last stages. 
So, uh, yeah, so we need these resources and we need resources for children because, you know, it's not, you can understand, of course, that we need materials for children, but here you, re you need to realize that it is even more important because our children, they grow up as a minority. They mm. are all the time challenged uh, in their faith. People are asking them, how come, how come you are a Jew? Why do you believe in, in uh, Jesus? Are you a Christian or a Jew? They don't realize, you know, how can you be a Jew and believe in, in, in Jesus, in Yeshua? So they need to explain it and they need to, uh, to have the strength in their faith to be able to explain why, why they believe as Jew in, in Christ. So we need to give them these uh, tools, but they also need to be strong uh, spiritually in order to stand in these pressures. That's awesome. That's amazing. Now, uh, there's another project that you just finished earlier this year, and you actually, uh, you sent me a copy of this Bible. I don't know if you noticed, but it's sitting back here uh, on my desk. And uh, I wanted to let you know that it came and that it's beautiful. And uh, we are just uh, excited to be able to uh, tell people that you've completed this project and, and, you know, challenge people here in North America to help us to help you to do other projects uh, like this uh, family Bible, the Jerusalem Illustrated Bible. And uh, in another sort of unique uh, connection, because I love making connections with our friends in Israel, uh, the artist who did many of the illustrations in this Bible, um, um, uh, Elhanan ben Avraham, I think is his name, uh, he actually allowed us to use some of those illustrations in a documentary series that uh, we just released in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we have three episodes of, of the Miraculous Victories of Israel documentary series that are now done and, and uh, out there for sale. And uh, that's been just a, another unique connection. And he's a believer. He's a, he's a Messianic believer. And so it's been incredible to be able to sort of tie all these things together. So thank you for uh, connecting us with him. Thank you. And allow me just to say a few more words about that. You know, you spoke about Elchanan. That's another example. He is a professional artist, very creative. And God called him 40 years ago. And since then, all his creativity, all, all his gifts uh, went to the illustrations that has to do with the Bible and with the unique insights into the uh, stories of the Bible. Authentic. Many of them were taken, illustrated here in Israel, sometimes during his reserve duty in the army. He was in uh, um, uh, some historic place like Hebron, uh, the Machpelah cave, you know, the, and he took, took it there. So it is very authentic. And we incorporated all of them. And we, this Bible came when we uh, wanted to celebrate 70 years for Israel. And we thought, how can we celebrate 70 years for Israel? There are a lot of things that are very nation, nationalistic in their um, nature and so on. We wanted to thank God for his faithfulness. And we wanted to thank God that now there are really families, as I said, full families of believers, third and fourth generation. So we said, let's do a family Bible. And we incorporated about uh, close to 300 uh, illustrations, beautiful one, authentic, it's in Hebrew and English because mm -hmm. we want it to be a blessing also to many Messianic Jews 
and Jews that live in North America because still the majority of Jews or about half of the Jewish people are still in North America and there is a large community of Messianic Jews also in North America. So it is in Hebrew and English and it is beautiful and it is encouraging and it is also strengthening the identity of believers in Christ, of Jewish believers. It is strengthening their identity in Christ as Jews. That's the purpose of this uh, beautiful Bible. Yeah, it really is uh, an amazing project and uh, we're just excited that you've been able to get it finished and, and that it will grace many homes in Israel, but, but also in other parts of the world. I think it's a, it's a real testimony to, uh, to the work that you do. Um, now, you are supporting the, the body uh, with these materials, and uh, you've, we've shared about a number of children's uh, books and materials that you have produced. Uh, I have some here in my office that I read to my grandchildren uh, and they, you know, they, they love these books. Um, we actually brought some of them in English and people that came to our, our table in churches were, were buying these books as well. And so it's, it's been amazing to be able to sort of share those resources back and forth. But, um, that's important. All of those things are so important, but you also are using these materials and congregations across the land are using these materials to reach out to people that don't know Yeshua. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that works. And So, so uh, you know, we provide a lot of these materials. We provide them to the local congregations. We provide them uh, most of the times uh, free of charge. And we thank the Lord that uh, we can do that. And this is really through uh, uh, support. Uh, and uh, from the congregation, it goes... Uh, they also give it further, you know, as outreach activities. And sometimes when we give it to families, you know, it, for me and any believer, it is forbidden. It's against the law to, pro, to give a, a, someone who is under 18 anything. Right. But, but a child can share it with his friend or her friend. So when we can give to uh, uh, families, they can share it with uh, their friends, you know, uh, the children themselves and so on. So this is part of the way it happens. Another way is that we do outreach uh, sometimes just in the open, uh, you know, in the streets. So uh, uh, many times we do outreach in Tel Aviv. We put tables in very public uh, places where there are many people, like near the beach in some places. And many times you have families coming there, mothers with their children. Mm -hmm. And the mother would come and uh, take materials for their children. They are very open. Uh, I'll give you an example. At one time, there was a mother and she was looking at uh, materials for children. So, you know, I told her, you know, these are, this uh, has uh, stories from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I want to tell you just that you know. So she tells me, she says, I'm sure that what they will find in this book is much better than what they find on the internet. So, you know, sometimes yeah. we are more concerned than the people themselves. In another time, you know, there was a family with three kids. The mother came and then one of the kids or two kids, they took uh, 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 children materials, you know, and they were sitting on the floor reading in such a beautiful picture it was. And then the little sister, she was crying because she didn't have any. So the mother took her and she gave her something for herself. So, you know, very natural in a sense and uh, very open. 
Uh, not in every place we can do that, but we share it and we provide it and it is reaching a lot of people. We give also to the immigrants, the refugees in Israel. Yes. Many times their children, they grow there already, they speak the language. So there are many opportunities to do that. That's amazing. And it would be it would be fair to say that you're able to do that. You're able to provide those free of charge uh, for congregations and others alike because of partnerships you have with ministries like ours here in here in North America, right? That that is true, and uh, this is really the only way that makes. It, I mean, God opens the way for us to do that. But in terms of the support and the resources to do that, that's that's the way it works. So. We are very, very, very thankful to each and every one of you. And we pray for you. I mean, this is our way of, uh, of thanking you, really. To, uh, we also pray for you, for all those that pray for us and, uh, and uh, sacrifice. They could do other things, we know, but they, uh, they decided to, to do that because they love the Lord. They love the people of Israel. They want people to be saved. And we are uh, appreciating that. And, and we, we are thankful for that. And we saw the seeds and we know that and we see that God brings fruit. And there are sometimes much more fruit that, that still will come. Amen. Amen. Well, Victor, this has been uh, amazing. Thank you so much for taking some time today to share with me and to share with uh, our listeners about the incredible work that you do. I know there's probably lots more that we could talk about and, and share about, but uh, I think this is uh, great for today, and we want to leave some things to talk about another day. But uh, uh, we we do want you to know that we pray for you also. I know you know that, but uh, especially in these days uh, with COVID nineteen and everything that's happening, uh, you there in Israel are experiencing some very very uh, high numbers uh, of late, and uh, you know things seem to start off so well. But uh, when, when the first lockdown ended and people sort of went back to the streets and, and to, the, to the businesses and so on, uh, it seems that the virus is a little bit unchecked there at the moment. So we're just really praying and believing that God will get that under control in Israel and praying for all of you as you uh, enter this, uh, this next lockdown this week. Thank you very much, uh, Jeff. I really appreciate all your prayers and help, which is going back uh, many, many years. So uh, thank you for that. And God also uh, bless you and give you the strength and the health and the wisdom and guidance to continue to uh, serve him. Thank you, Victor. And uh, God bless you. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Bye. Well, thank you for joining us for the podcast today. I love Victor and I love Victor's passion for the work that he does. What an incredible incredible story. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today and uh, are challenged by the work that is being done by the Bible Society in Israel. I want to remind you, if you want to know more about them, you can go to their website, BibleSocietyInIsrael.com. That's BibleSocietyInIsrael, all one word, dot com. And we just encourage you to check out the, the work that they do. You can also learn more about them on our website, firstcenturyfoundations.com. And if you want to help uh, us to help ministries like the Bible Society in Israel, please go to our website and donate, firstcenturyfoundations.com forward slash donate. And you can make a donation in Canada and in the U.S. and be receded for your donation. We are 
official uh, charitable status in both of those countries. Also, we did mention briefly the artwork in the Jerusalem Illustrated Bible, but also uh, that was used in our documentary series, Miraculous Victories of Israel. And if you're interested in getting uh, the first three episodes of that documentary series, you can find those at MiraculousVictories.com. It's been great to have you listening with us on the podcast today. Thanks so much for tuning in. And remember, as Christians, we stand with Israel.